On this episode, Andy and I discuss the things we've been watching and listening to. We also talk about spring break plans. Andy is getting ready for maternity leave, and Matt is going on vacation. We also talk about the Oscars and upcoming library programs. Finally, we also discuss Matt's fear of the ocean and the difference between Michigan heat and southern heat. Thanks for listening, and as always, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast hosting site. Checking in. This is our fourth episode so far, and I'm not sure how Eddie feels, but I'm having fun doing all this stuff and talking to everybody, especially the staff members that I generally don't get to see. I think it's fun. What about you? Mm -hmm. You enjoy it? Yeah. Seems like the the public is enjoying it. We seem to be getting good feedback from everybody, so just keep listening and let us know what you want us to talk about and all that stuff. We're, We're definitely open for suggestions. Doing oh, yeah. anything. We could do like a. We can do a listener like question bag thing. Yeah. And they can ask us questions and we'll answer them on air. If you are so inclined to, to send us emails, you could do so. It's a good idea. Uh, so, what have, you been, what have you been doing since the last episode? <clears throat> well, I've been still not reading a ton. I've been enjoying The Awakening, which is only like 130 pages. <laughs> um, but that's what I've been reading. And then I've been. Um, watched a few things that I enjoyed. My husband and I watched the Flat Earth documentary on Netflix. Um, okay. Do you remember what it was called? Was it called the Flat Earth documentary? I think it was called Flat Earthers. Okay. And was it like a small group of people that think that the world is yeah. flat and also under a dome? So was this like <laughs> a documentary, like about like about like super serious about this, or was it somebody? going in and trying to figure out why they believe what they believe. It was somebody going in and trying to figure out why they believe what they believe. And um, then at the end, it kind of, the point was like, it seems silly that all these people believe this, but um, when you start to chip away at, at science and facts like that, it can be like a slippery slope and... They ask the audience, like, what are you a flat earther about? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what's your thing that um, there's no proof of that you just mm-hmm. know to be true? Yeah, I remember there was this there was this uh, tweet, apparently, from, like, the Flat Earth Society. It says, you know, the flat earthers have members all, all around the globe. And then, <laughs> you know, the next comment was, like, can you just read what you wrote, just wrote? <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's just Not interesting. I thought the dome part was interesting. I had heard of them before, but the fact that they think that there's a a big dome and then more earth outside that that someone's hiding from us. Interesting. Was it sounds like, interesting. Was, it, was it just like a one part, like just documentary like movie or was it like a series of episodes? It was just one. Okay. That's good. Or I saw just one. I think I came in on it late, mm-hmm. um, but I think it was just a one one shot deal. And then I've been um, planning my maternity leave, um, reading and watching. So I got a book. Um, there's a new memoir that's out that's called Eve's Hollywood, and it's about this woman named Eve Babbitts, who I'd never heard of. But she was in L.A. in the 60s and 70s, and she's one of those people that um, wasn't very famous, but, like, n- all the famous people knew her. She was, like, a writer and a um, socialite. and So she was, like, more behind the scenes? Yeah. Famous, yes. Like- 
So I wanted to read her memoir, but the waiting list is so long, I didn't think I'd get it before um, I leave for my maternity leave. So I got a book by her called Sex and Rage. So I figure I'll learn about her before I read somebody else's. Is that a nonfiction yeah. or is that a fiction? It's, it's a book of essays okay. about her growing up in L.A. And I thought that'd be a fun book to bring to the hospital because of the title. Mm-hmm. Um, or to just have on desk for Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for p- patrons to ask about. And then I was um, thinking spring, so I was looking at my Hoopla account. And they have some really fun, like... Well, they have, like, gardening shows, which I'll like to get in the mood for for spring. But then they have the old Secret Garden movie. Um, and they have a couple, like, funny romantic comedies that are about gardens or springtime. One's mm-hmm. called Green Fingers. One's called This Beautiful Fantastic. So I'm looking forward to reading those. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I've been watching a few things. I've been making it an effort to watch more movies than I have just because I've been watching more TV and I've always liked movies. I just sort of was always felt that the time for that was too much. Yeah. Even though it's, it's even not Even though true. you watch like even, three hours yeah. of TV. Yeah. So I watched uh, Searching the couple weeks ago. I think maybe right after we recorded. Uh, it's a movie with John Cho and it takes place entirely on a computer screen. Oh. Um, and it's like a mystery movie. His daughter gets you know, abducted, taken, you know, we don't really know what happens, but you figure out, you learn everything as the detective and he learns it. So it's actually a pretty clever way to like do all that stuff and sort of shows like how social media, like almost how like, I'm not sure if this was the point of the movie, but sort of how in this day and age, like there's almost no such thing as privacy because he can just, he just went into her social media accounts, reset the passwords, figured out what she liked and where she was, and he just and sort of... Solved the just, whole thing from there. You know, solved out where she was taken and all that stuff. It's just really interesting and all that stuff. I don't think that was the point of the movie, but that is sort of something I got out of it that with, you know, enough, you know, technological awareness and patience, you could probably figure out anything about anyone if they have an online presence. Yeah. So... I have a girlfriend that calls that soft stalking. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was actually really good. Um, you know the the pre- uh, the plot device of the the screen. You know it seems like a gimmick, but for this type of movie, it worked pretty well. I don't know if it would work well in any other format if it wasn't like a thriller or a mystery, but in this one it did. So I'm excited to see maybe where this small niche genre goes. But you know I like that a lot. And John Cho. Does a pretty good performance in the movie. I think he was nominated for like Independent Spirit Award for Best Actor. Yeah. What else has he been in? He was in Star Trek. Oh, okay. He was Sulu in mm-hmm. Star Trek, and he was in Harold uh, and Kumar Go to White Castle. Right. So it's always interesting seeing somebody who I know from like comedies like transition to like more dramatic roles and I serious love roles. That, yeah. So I think you know he's got this stuff, and apparently also learned that this was the first movie with an Asian American lead to like open in a wide release. In America, so that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, this movie came out, and also Crazy Rich Asians came out this year, too. Similar time, So, yeah. similar time, so that's pretty cool to see. Um, so I'd recommend that to everybody. The library's got a few copies, so if you're interested in some thrillers, I would definitely recommend that. Uh, and then I also watched this movie called Bad Times at the El Royale. It's a movie... I've heard of that. It was written, by, written and directed by Drew Goddard. He did Cabin in the Woods, so if you've seen that or like that, you, I think you would like this a little different. 
it's not so much a horror, more of like a pulp story. Um, but it was pretty good. It might be a little long, I think. Um, it was a little, it's over like two hours long, so I think it was a little a little long, but I liked how it was shot. The characters are pretty cool. You know, it's sort of told non, in a non-linear fashion, sort of like Pulp Fiction, and it's got, it's got a lot of comparisons to Pulp Fiction. It's definitely not as good as Pulp Fiction, but it's still still pretty good. They got some pretty good performances in it. The cast is pretty stacked. It's got Chris Hemsworth, Dakota Johnson, John Hamm. I like John Hamm. Yeah, John Hamm's he's he's good. He's good in everything whenever he's in. So, um, but yeah, I just like this story about this hotel that is in the middle of California and Nevada. It's on Lake Tahoe, and that's sort of like part of the movie. Like half the hotel you can't serve liquor, but the other half of the hotel you can. Because of the licensing things, I think sort of like that whole dichotomy between you know the the line that divides the hotel also sort of divides the characters and like their why they say they're at the hotel and what they're really trying to do. Mm. So I think it's pretty cool. I, I think ultimately it was a little underwhelming just because of the length. I think it was a little tighter pace. It would have been a little bit better. But I still think it was worth watching. But just having watched it, it was like, oh, this is this is too long. Yeah. So um, also. <clears throat> Pretty suspenseful stuff. Here. Um, a little bit. Yeah, that one's a little suspenseful. It's interesting because Chris Hemsworth in this movie plays like a Manson type cult leader, mm-hmm. and that's oh, I of, love stuff about cult leaders. So um, that's sort of like part of the story. That's sort of how like the last third of the movie, maybe quarter of the movie, you know, he comes comes in. He doesn't play a very big part in the movie. Like he plays a big part in the movie, but he doesn't have a lot of screen time. Um, so it's almost like a cameo, extended cameo for him. But it's pretty good. Hmm. Um, and then I also watched the documentary, um, Minding the Gap. Uh, I think it was nominated for Best Documentary at the Oscars. Um, but I was hearing good things about it from some of the podcasts that I've been listening to. It's about this group of kids in Rockford, Illinois, that you know grew up skating, skateboarding together. And basically how, you know the economy and just sort of the way they grew up. They sort of grew up in, like, abusive households and everything. It sort of, like, takes the whole idea of, like, what toxic masculinity does to kids growing up and, like, how they become functional adults in society. And it's, like, pretty pretty good because you sort of see, you know, the effects of, you know, sort of poverty, you know, domestic violence and all this stuff on these three main characters. But you also sort of see it in some of the side characters, like one of the characters, one of the person's um, wife, I don't remember if they ever got married or not, but like she grew up in a similar household and you just sort of see you know, how all that stuff plays together and how like they try to reconcile with all that stuff growing up in a different age without so, the skills that they necessarily need. Does to, it follow them as they grow? or It follows it? them for like, it looks like for a couple of years because at the beginning of the documentary the one guy's girlfriend is pregnant and by the time the documentary ends, like he's like three or four, sure. so it takes place over a long period of time, and you see him, you know, grow. You see him fall. You sort of see him try to justify their behavior, and then they sort of come to terms, like that nobody in that situation would have turned out okay. Just a really interesting thing that you don't really get to see too often. That's interesting. That reminds me of a <coughs> um, really good book called Random Family by Nicola Blanc. She followed a, a group. It was a neighborhood, but they were some were related and some were n- not related, but became like family. I think she followed them for ten or fifteen years, 
um, at the beginning of the book, um, there's a 15-year-old pregnant girl, and at the end of the book, the baby that she was pregnant with becomes pregnant. So it's over a long amount of time, but you really see just how the situations people are in like that affect mm-hmm. every opportunity they can get. That's yeah. interesting. I'm going to write that down, Mind the Gap. Yeah, it's on Hulu. I don't know if it's <laughs> on DVD yet or not, but I know it's on Hulu because Hulu distributed it. So yeah. that's how I watched it. But it sort of kind of reminds me a little bit like of American History X, too. You know, not mm-hmm. just a movie, but just sort of like how, you know, characters maybe don't realize that their upbringing is why they are the way they are. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, sort of like that moment of that movie when the younger brother's writing a story, then he sort of reali- puts all the pieces together. He sort of figures out why he is the way he is. It was sort of like a pretty big moment in that movie. Yeah. Um, I've also still been watching Legend of Korra. We're almost done with that, but we're still watching it. Uh, so if you like Avatar, it's a good, it's a good follow-up show. Not as good. Some parts are better, some parts are worse, but it's definitely a good show, especially if you have, like, middle, I don't know, tween age kids. Even, like, 10-year-olds can probably handle it. Some of the themes they might not understand, but I think it would be a good show to watch with the adults. Like, the parents would like it for different reasons than the kids would like it. Oh, that reminds me. Um, we showed our 5-year-old karate kid for the first time. The original one? Mm-hmm. Did he like it? Yeah, he watched the whole thing. He usually just watched, like, if it's not a cartoon, he's not super into it. But he wants to do karate. After we, seeing the movie, he wants to do karate No, now. before. That's oh, why okay. we got it for him. And we wanted to teach him that it's like defense. You know, it's not just like... That's what Mr. Miyagi said. Punching bad guys, yeah. So we thought Mr. Miyagi... He might listen to Mr. Miyagi more than us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it clicked. He really liked it, and we <laughs> liked watching it again. Mm-hmm. I, Ralph, I've... I think Ralph Macchio's a really good actor. I also think it's a super cheesy movie, but it's a great movie. Fun. <laughs> it's, it's a great movie. It's a, like it's a great '80s movie. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, like there's that new sh- there's a show on YouTube. Cobra Kai sort of picks up way down the road. Like it just sort of continues their story. Oh, really? Yeah, he's in it. Ralph Macchio's in it. Um, uh, Daniel, I think it's Daniel Zabka or William Zabka, the the bad guys yeah. in it too. I'm not sure if they're. Friends or not, I haven't seen it, but I heard it's actually pretty good. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Mm. Yeah, it's on YouTube. I don't know if you need YouTube Premium or if it's on YouTube with ads now, but I heard that's actually pretty good. So if you like the Karate Kid universe, you got some more stories to tell. Yeah. And you could also watch the new one with Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith. Oh, uh, right. Go that yeah. route. Mm-hmm. And the other one with Hilary Swank. There's a lot of Karate Kid movies oh, out yeah. there. Oh, yeah. I liked Three Ninjas when I was a kid. I watched, I watched a lot of Three Ninjas mm-hmm. with uh, Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should get that. I should get that for my son. He would like that. Yeah, that was a good movie. I mean, I don't know. There's like a whole ninja phase, mm-hmm. like the Ninja Turtles, Three Ninjas, and just there's just a lot of ninja stuff when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. I guess when you were growing up, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, those were good. those were good movies to grow up with. Um, and then the pod, I've also listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, you know, I've been listening to a lot of film-based podcasts. One of them is the Slash Filmcast. I just like that one a lot. It's from a website that I follow, Slash Film, and they have a podcast. And they just sort of talk about, they review movies every week, and they just sort of talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Their episodes are like an hour and a half long-ish or so. They all have different perspectives. They have three hosts, and they all have different 
you know, opinions and what they like and what they don't like about movies. So it's good to get that perspective about a movie, especially if a movie that you like, you want to, you know, see what other people liked it, get delve deeper. It's a pretty good podcast for that because they're pretty, they do it every week. So it's always pretty up to date. And this other one I've been listening to, it's a little bit newer. It's called Unspooled. And it's about these two hosts. They go through the AFI 100 list and they sort of just talk about them you know, why they think they're on the list, they think they should be on the list, and then, you know, at the end of the year, they had, like, a review, and they just sort of were wondering if any movie that was released this year would make it on the AFI list in the future, like, if any movie would have that sort of staying power. Hmm. So I think it's pretty good, because they're sort of looking at it through a modern lens. All these movies that were that are on the list, because I think the most recent episode is Saving Private Ryan, and they're talking about that, if that movie deserves to be on the list or not. And, like, what'll be the next classic. Yeah, and what'll be, like, sort of the next movies that are on there um, and everything. So it's actually pretty interesting um, for them to look at because one of them's a movie critic and the other one's a comedian, but he just really likes movies. But if you like movies, film theory, and all that stuff, Unspooled would be something I'd recommend if you want to do that. Even if you don't like movies or just don't want to watch all of them, you could just have them talk to you about it. You might get, get, the, a gist, feel, get yeah. the gist of it and stuff. Because I think there's like some problematic movies on the list that they talk about. I think The Graduate was one of the more other recent episodes that sort of talk about that and whether it deserves a place on it. Because obviously, you know, there's some people that think that movies like it makes like sexual assault okay type Aww. thing, you know. But obviously, when it was made, they didn't actually think that was the case. And right. They're trying to keep perspective. It's like, well, it was you know, it wasn't made with that in mind, but just be, over time it's evolved. That's what people think. So it's sort of like, well, does it have a, a place on the list? Do do movies change over time type thing? So I think it's actually really cool how they do that. Yeah. Like, can you look at it through the lens of this? Yeah, can you look at the lens of that? This was filmed a long ago. Yeah. Or and that's the same thing that sort of happened with Saving Private Ryan. Um, they were talking about it because a lot of, you know, people now just think that people like that movie because, like, the first half hour is, like, that big D-Day sequence and stuff, and they're sort of talking about it, like, after that movie, like, almost all war movies or action movies sort of took a, a little bit from that mm-hmm. movie, so when they look back at it, they're like, they're not sure if this is, like, groundbreaking, because they've seen it all before, or if it was groundbreaking, because, like, when it happened in 1998, that was, like, right. the first time that ever happened, so looking at it through the lens of now, when all that stuff has become more popular, like, it doesn't seem like such a big deal. Yeah. But they do recognize that at the time it was, but seeing it done maybe better or just so as often, it doesn't seem like it fits. Yeah. I remember my brother's kind of a history buff, and he had put that movie on, you know, when it came out on VHS or DVD or whatever. Um, and my grandfather, like, wandered into the room and sat down and just quietly watched that first 20 minutes with him. My grandfather had been in World War II, and my brother was kind of like, is this okay? He's not Mm -hmm. saying anything. And he said, my grandpa, after that long scene, just sort of like slapped his knees and said, well, yeah, that's what it was like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going to stick around for the rest of the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. Well, if he got through the first 20 minutes, then the the rest of the movie's not as bad as the first 20 minutes. Yeah, I think he thought, I don't know if I could take it if it's an hour and a half of this. I guess guess it was authentic. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any, are you listening to any podcasts that you want to... Yeah. Um, I listen to a podcast called um, Mom Rage. <laughs> I'm not rageful, but I realize that two of the titles I'm suggesting have rage in the title. But it's just about um, different societal issues. I have uh, My girlfriend that recommended it actually is not a mother, um, but still listens to it. 
often. And then a funny podcast I listen to um, that's coming back for their third season in a week, I think on March 12th, is called Three Girls, One Keith. And it's um, three, four comedians. Uh, one of them is Amy Schumer. And they talk about... Um, Sometimes they just talk about funny stuff. They talk about on the road or the biggest pranks they've pulled on each other. Uh, and then sometimes they bring someone from NASA in that's doing something cool and interview them and talk about it. So it's like you never really know what you're going to get, and it's a little crass, but it's funny. I like to listen to it. We don't have a dishwasher, so it takes me quite a while to do the dishes. So that's my, like, you're doing the get dishes, a giggle doing and the dish do the dishes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we had... Uh, Last week or two weeks ago, we had a fireside chat about self-care, and we had a doctor from Beaumont come in, um, Dr. Asha Shahjahan, and she was saying that they have, uh, the Beaumont Hospital has a podcast, and I can't remember the name, but we'll have to um, put it up in the description of the podcast. We can look it up after we record. Um, And they just talk about different health issues. They talk about self-care. They talk about... um, you know, different little things you can do for wellness. And I mm-hmm. thought that would be an interesting, I think it's a short podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to checking that out because it was a really interesting discussion mm-hmm. with her about um, art therapy and self-care and just the different things you can, the... Um, what she is, is she, is she a psychologist? No, she's a family uh, MD. Family. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she, but her mother had um, uh, some form of dementia, and she sort of discovered through working with her mom um, how much music helped her mom, and and how music and lyrics really don't leave your brain even if you have dementia. And so that sort of started her on a journey to um, the different the different aspects of wellness that aren't just how your body's how your physical body is functioning. It was an interesting discussion, so we'll probably have her back at some point. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. So I think with that, we'll take a short break, and we'll come back. All right, and we're back. So spring break's coming up, so uh, what do you have planned for spring break? Well, having a baby. Um, That's a big plan. That's a big plan. And then um, during the actual week of spring break, um, I'll be home on maternity leave with the new baby, and my son will come home um, for spring break. We're not vacationing. Um, And he wants to teach me how to play video games, so... That's my plan. (laughs) Well, uh, and what games are you going to be playing? We're probably going to start with Mario. And um, I think, like, Donkey Kong's on there. I don't know if we let him play Donkey Kong. Um, Video games is very much something that he does in the two hours that he's with Dad um, while I'm still at work after school. So it'll be interesting to see how well-versed he is because I'll get to see just how much Dad lets him play video games after school. Do you think that he just does a lot of watching video games and not playing? Yeah, like Dad taking over. Let me show you. Yeah. Well, I guess Mario's a good start. It should be pretty easy. You try to go jump into some of the modern video games. I don't know if you would actually be able to handle it because there's like 12 buttons now. All the ones we have are... Two analog sticks. Yeah. (laughs) 
we have old Nintendo games and we have um, PBS Kids games, mm-hmm. which I think I can figure out. So we'll be doing a little bit of that. We'll probably go to um, um, Belle Isle and go to the Fernery um, because that's just a place that is nice and warm and green and be fun to place to take the baby and do a little staycation, I guess. Mm-hmm. What about you? You're uh, traveling. Yeah, I'm traveling. Uh, we're the family. We're going to Florida. We're going to Destin, Florida, and I've never been to Destin before, but oh. here it's nice. So we're driving there because flying with all the layovers and waiting would take take longer. Take about the same oh, or okay. even longer. So we're like, well, we'll just drive, and it probably works out better because I think traveling with a two-year-old on a plane would probably not really be very well. Yeah. Just with the getting on the getting there, getting out, trying to negotiate all the getting in, getting out, getting to the next place. Yeah. And all that stuff. I'm like, okay, this is just too much. The layovers, yeah, that'd be And hard. then just also the the amount of stuff we'd have to bring. It's like, oh well, we have to like spend just as much on the ticket just to carry just to store all mm-hmm. this luggage we have to bring for like the car seat, the the crib, like I'm just like it's probably better that we're driving. Yeah, and there's no rushing a two year old either, so like if you were running late for mm-hmm. the plane it'd be Yeah. So it'll be it'll be an interesting drive. We're driving to Nashville, and then we're gonna take stop at Nashville and then go down the rest of the drive. Are you staying like overnight? Yeah, we're staying overnight. I don't think we're gonna do anything in Nashville just other than sleep. So we're not gonna actually experience yeah. Nashville. There's a really good popsicle place in Nashville called Las Paletas, and they have like every kind of popsicle. I had a corn popsicle when I was there and it was delicious. Was it corn flavored? Yes. So it's all frozen but it just... Yeah, it was like creamed corn or something. Interesting. It was really good. Well, I'm not sure if we'll... Maybe yeah. next time. Maybe next, next time, time we're yeah. in Nashville. There's obviously a few other things to see in Nashville. <laughs> just, a, just a couple <laughs> things but, you know, popsicles are good. So I guess you probably need popsicles when you get like the Nashville hot mm-hmm. style chicken and then you need like a popsicle yeah. to... That was an amazing thing to me when we went to Nashville was that we were, like, in summer clothes and just sweating. I think we went in May or June. And, like, my son was, like, sticking his hand in his ice water when we got to the restaurant. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there were people, just Nashville natives, walking around in, like, jeans Thick jeans and like long sleeve like t-shirts, or something. and they just looked cool as a cucumber. And we were it's, <laughs> just it's a different, completely soggy. Yeah, it's a different kind of heat. I remember we, were, my wife and I, went to some music festivals. We went to Bonnaroo for a couple of years, and that's like in southern Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And it's just like oppressively hot down there. Like I don't know how people live yeah. like that. I'm just like it. Like there's just definitely different levels of hot. Like Michigan hot is like you're like fine, and then you get to the south, you're like. Why do people live here? No, I know. Like, I'd rather deal with this cold. I'd rather yeah. deal with this cold every so often than anything like that. <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's gross. Just muggy, mm-hmm. hot, sticky, just nothing. I guess when the sun went down, it was it was actually enjoyable. But there's just so yeah. much, just so much heat, and all those people too probably didn't have that. It was like right, you know, sixty thousand yeah. people yeah. in like a. Two mile acre, like two mile. And it smells like barbecue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, Florida will be interesting. I haven't been to Florida in forever. Are you gonna um, do like go to the beach, or is there well, something yeah, in Destin you want to see? I don't think there's anything in Destin I want to see. But we're on a beach, nice. so we'll probably be on the beach. I don't know if the water will be warm enough to swim, because it's not as warm as Southern Florida. But we'll see. I'm not a huge fan of the ocean. 
Mm-hmm. I just don't think people belong in there. <laughs> um, it's salty. Once you're like, well, that's not about that, but it's just about like the, like all the things that are in the ocean that are much better oh. swimmers than people, and just you just think that they don't know that you're not food and stuff. I'm just like, ah, oh, the land is fine, even though on land humans are still so like you don't want to bother good. them, or you don't want. I'm to not, be bothered. I don't want to deal with like a shark or a yeah. crab or a jellyfish. <laughs> you know, just not a natural habitat for humans. So I mean, we left the water for a reason. Is because you know we're not <laughs> equipped for we're not equipped for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be it'll just be a good break. I haven't been on like a vacation proper in forever, so it'll be nice to like take a week off and just relax. We're going yeah. with a family too, so that'll be with another well, family. Well, with. Her, my, my wife's family. Oh, okay. Like, they're all going. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. Like yeah. A little, and you might get, like, a date night. Grandma wants I'm to sure. watch the... I'm sure. I'm sure we will. But I think, you know, that's sort of the plan is we all kind of going to do our separate thing and then meet up for, like, food here and there and maybe just hang out at night before bed. Mm-hmm. I think hanging out with anybody long term for a week straight can just kind of get, like, okay, this is... I've seen you too much. I think yeah, you got to be careful who you yeah. vacation with. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see how that all that plays out. But I'm excited just to finally take get a break and all that stuff. Well, think of me not having a break <laughs> <laughs> and having two kids at home. Are you gonna, is, is your oldest going to stay at home after spring break, or are you going to send him back to school? Oh, no, he's going back to school. He's going back to school on – He's we're going to drop him off at school on the day we have the baby. Um that we're scheduled to have the baby. So he's going to come home and he's going to have a, a new brother? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think he would um, worry. I think it, uh, school yeah. will be a welcome distraction. Yeah. He said he might call in sick, <laughs> mm-hmm. like as if it was his choice. He said, I might call in sick a few days after the baby comes home. So we'll see. But mm-hmm. no, no. Yeah, he'll yeah. be going to school. Yeah, just I wouldn't imagine it would be a fun place for a kid to be. At the hospital, the hospital for that no. long. I'm not yeah. sure. But, you know, my wife was in labor for like 36 to 40 hours. Oof. It's just like, what do you do? Like, yeah. Obviously, you know. They got a Starbucks. Obviously, what do I do? It's like, I don't do anything. I'm just yeah. sort of sitting there. I'm just like, well, I th- you got this. You're good. But just like, I was exhausted by the time that was over. Mm-hmm. I'm sure my wife was even more exhausted. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it was just uh, it was boring. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not for my wife, but. Just being there for so long with that much to do, you're just like, should have brought a book. Or yeah, it's a good time something. to get some reading done. Even mm-hmm. for me, I I think. I mean, they'll it'll be a busy time, but there there's also some downtime. You're not allowed to get out of bed for a little while, and mm-hmm. so I'll have some reading and listening to do. Yeah, I think it should be good. Uh, if anybody's having spring fever, I made a little list of good spring books and a couple of them that have been turned into movies that just it's still cold outside but spring's coming it's supposed to be warmer next week yeah it's supposed to be warm on sunday i thought yeah a lot of my friends have been just like i can't take it anymore just really itching to um for spring to start and the tulips to pop out all that stuff so um here's my little list of good books to read if you're wanting spring to come or having spring fever. There's some cute kids books. Um, one's called And Then It's Spring by Ron McClarty. Uh, Rosemary Wells, who um, she always writes and illustrates those books with a bunny. She's real good. She's got some good spring books. 
And then there's the classic pokey little puppy. I always read that when I want spring to come. Uh, for adults, there's a book called Enchanted April by Elizabeth von Arnhem. Um, about four women who go to Italy to stay in an old castle for vacation. and Isn't that a movie, too? Yeah. Is Katie Holmes in that movie? Well, I mean, it's like a BBC movie uh, on okay. Hoopla. I don't know if Katie Holmes remade I thought, it. Maybe she, I'm not sure. Um, uh, but that was a that's a good, just like, light book, and you can smell the wisteria, and you feel like you're in Italy, and um, it's a good, if you can't go on vacation, it's a good book to read to feel like you're on vacation. And then there's another book I've always liked called Tulip Fever by Deborah McCock, which um, has also recently been turned into a movie, even though it's a little bit older book. And it takes place in Amsterdam in the 1600s when people were just going nuts for tulips. It was like they didn't have the Beatles yet, but they had. They were like the fanboying tulips. about tulips. Um, and like within that sort of setting, there's a woman that married an older man. Um, but she falls in love with the guy that her husband um, hires to paint her portrait. Um, and it's got a little suspense in there, too. So I would also recommend that. And I love when you can pair up the book and the movie, like mm-hmm. kind of in a weekend or something, read the book and yeah. watch the movie. Yeah. My spring break picks would be just like sort of the opposite. Like it has nothing to do with spring, but more like those epic movies that you can't watch on your own. Oh, Just because right. you have the time you to do it. Like you can like... I'd like to say, like, watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know. It does not ex- say spring to no, me. No, <laughs> it doesn't say spring, but it says, like, I have I have, I have, week, got, I time. have, some, yeah. I got some time off. I could watch these movies and uh, experience that because I like, I like to watch those movies at least once a year because I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like anything that you've been pushing off for so long, you just been, don't have the time for, I feel like spring break is a good time to just sort of do that. If you have, like, that week off or any sort of vacation, just sort of, Get those big things out of the way if you mm-hmm. want to do it. If there's a TV show you want to watch, just get through it that whole week and not have to worry about anything. Um, it's just a good excuse to do something like that. Yeah. That's what I think. And then, you know, baseball's coming right around the corner. Yeah. Um, I'm in a fantasy baseball league this year with some of my old coworkers and stuff. So that'll be fun. Gives me an excuse to, you know, talk to them and be interested in baseball for the season. Yeah. Oh, um, David looked up the um, Beaumont podcast I was talking about. It's called Beaumont House Calls. So, yeah, we thank will, you, David. We will put a link in the description for those who are interested in checking that one out. Um, and the Oscars were also last week or a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. right after we recorded the last one. I don't really think there's any big surprises at the Oscars, I guess Glenn Close not winning Best Actress was like the biggest shocker of the night. Oh, but that woman, that but, one, her speech was good. Yeah, Olivia Coleman won for The Favorite, which a lot of people thought was a better performance, but they figured that Glenn Close might get the Legacy Oscar. Yeah. Which, I don't know. The Oscars are weird. Somebody said something stuff. interesting about the Oscars. They said the Oscars is constantly like making up for past mistakes. And making new mistakes. Yeah, that's, that's basically exactly what it is. I mean, you give an award to someone like Glenn Close for a performance in a movie that's sort of meh, and then it's like, oh, well, there's like all the performances are probably better than Glenn Close's performance. Yeah. I didn't see all of them, but that's sort of how it works. I mean, I think whatever Paul Newman won for Color of Money. 
Oh, he did? Won, yeah, and he should have probably won cool for Aunt Luke or something. The Hustler, you know, the when he yeah. first did it. But I think, you know, those legacy Oscars always have been problematic mm-hmm. um, and all that stuff. I mean, some of them might be rightfully deserved. I know Roger Deakins, he's a cinematographer who won last year for Blade Runner, but he's been doing good work forever. So I think, you know, even though it's sort of like a legacy, sometimes those legacy ones, like, it is... The like good. current project it is still just a good, as good. It's yeah. still just as good or better than some of the previous work. But, yeah, the awards are so... They're just a weird thing because, you know, you look back, like, you do... A lot of people remember, like, it's, like, almost becomes trivia. Like, what movie won this best picture? It's like, oh, well, this movie did. But, like, is it the best movie 10 or 15 years after the fact? Like, I don't know. Like, Who knows? 90, yeah. Like, I remember 1994, Forrest Gump won. But, you know, Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption were both nominated that year and I think oh, wow. you know both those two movies have formed a much longer lasting impression on the zeitgeist than Forrest Gump has but I think at the time Forrest Gump was just the movie to beat yeah so it's it a just pretty tough. epic movie mm-hmm. so it's just tough to say like what the Oscars should do you know if they're relevant anymore I'm not really did you sure. think that Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper were in love when they sang um, together? <laughs> it certainly looked that way, but you know they're both actors. Yeah, I guess um, I think Lady Gaga does have a strong connection to Bradley Cooper because every time she brought him up, it sounded like no one believed her and her in the role except for him. Yeah. So I think she sort of has like that gratitude and you know respect for him. But I think they're both actors. You know, Lady Gaga's a performer; she could ham it up for sure. That sells. The, I think that's probably works for that song. I haven't even oh, heard right. the song. Oh right, you gotta believe they're in love. I haven't even heard the song, but like I mean that's song. how you gotta sell that song. But yeah, I remember like all the the memes and stuff coming out. It's like, oh, Bradley Cooper's wife, but she should be worried or something. <laughs> she's like a supermodel. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think she's worried. But yeah, um, but it's interesting because there's that whole backlash too about they were gonna take some of the awards out of the ceremony, like the cinematography and to editing make it shorter. to make it shorter. And then there was a backlash because it was like, well, that's basically all movies are. It's like there's like editing, cinematography, take those away. It's like what's left. Mm-hmm. And then they put it, put them back. There was no host. I don't know. It's inter- it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future. They probably just have like a telegram that just goes to the press next time. Yeah. Like these are the winners. Post it. And we're done with it. Just bring Billy Crystal back and have them list off. Yeah, I whatever happened to Billy Crystal? I haven't seen him in forever. I'm sure he's doing stuff, but. That was like the one year you could always rely on to see yeah. Billy Crystal. It's like the Oscars be like, "Hey Billy, come on, we got we got work I for you." I think he makes movies now because we wa- he he really likes baseball, and we watched years ago. What was Mickey Mantle's number? Sixty. It was that um, sixty-one movie. Yeah, sixty-one with the Astros. They were doing the home. Yeah. They were doing the home. That was like the home run race, and that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he's probably he's doing stuff. I'm sure he's doing stuff like behind he's the scenes. Well, he was in that show. There was a show I think on FX called The Comedians or something with him and Josh Gad. It only lasted a season, but apparently it was, you know, pretty good. But it didn't get the ratings they needed. But I think that was the last time I saw him. I didn't actually see this show, but that was the last time I saw him, like on the radar. Do something. But someone like him, you know, he's so well respected, he can just get away with doing basically anything. Yeah. Um. So he's probably producing, or he might even be doing stand up somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine. But I like so, him. But yeah. So you want to talk about what's coming up we can. at the library? Yeah, we got some stuff coming up. Um, there's a yo-yo demonstration and workshop coming up on the 23rd. That's a Saturday. There's one happening at the Woods Branch, and there's one happening at the Ewald Branch. And yoyotricks.com is coming. They're like the, I guess it seems like they're the top name in like, the yo-yo presence, but they got some world-class 
yo-yoers coming to do all those fancy things you see at the competition, stuff that shouldn't be physically possible with a yo-yo they're going to do, and they're going to teach you guys how to do it. And what's the age group for them? Uh, probably like middle school, high school. Sure. I would imagine even like older. Because like it's pretty skilled. Or something. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty skilled, but they're, they're going to probably teach you how to do basic stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, people would like to see the demonstration, like the, the spectacle of it. I think oh, it would be really sure. cool. So even families, like families are welcome to come. So if you want to just, you know, have something to do on that Saturday, you come see a demonstration like that. You could buy a yo-yo at the end if you're really interested want to practice, get good. But that's happening on the 23rd. Oh, nice. And we've got some, well, speaking of the Oscars, we're going to be showing Green Book, which won Best Picture on March 19th at Woods. Um, And then we've got some cool um, springtime programs coming up. We're having, uh, we have a lot of craft programs, and one of them is on March 19th from 5 to 8.30 at the Ewald branch, and it's a book-folding craft. You can make a watering can, a bunny, or a flower. Um, out of like an old book that you fold the pages in. We have some like examples up at Ewald um, that are really cool. Uh, there's a, a man from the Audubon Society is coming to do Bird Jeopardy on March 18th at 7 p.m. I think that's also at Ewald. Um, so that should be fun if you're into birding. Um, yeah, it's at Ewald. If you're into birding trivia. And then on March 21st, at 6 p.m., um, we have some experts coming to teach people how to build a wildlife sanctuary. Sanctuary. Um, if you want to attract butterflies, birds, pollinators, or hummingbirds to your garden, um, Tom and Nancy from the Garden Detroit will show you how. So you can plan for your spring lawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my spring lawn definitely needs some some love right now. Yeah, we got rid of my um, son's sandbox last year, but we still have, because we had a stray cat, um, but we still have the wooden frame, so we're going to make a little wildflower garden, maybe a strawberry patch, um, and that, and then, you know, we do have some tulips that we're hoping will come up and be a good summer for yard work. Hopefully we have a good summer, like a Not too hot, not too rainy. That's what I always, like, hope for, but I never know. There's always, like, that one week where it seems like it's, like, 95 the whole week and, like, 5,000% humidity. Mm -hmm. It's like, why am I even alive right now? Like, this isn't isn't allowed. Yeah. Like, this is, is, you know, why I'm thankful for air conditioners and stuff like that, but just, like, ugh. Just, like, going from your house to your car, it's like, okay, I'm calling off today. I'm I'm sick today. Just, like... (laughs) Because <clears throat> um, that was like that's the thing is in the winter you have to wait for your car to get hot, in like when you want your, when you're cold. But in the summer, like you just like, I don't know, man. I don't know if the air conditioner is strong enough to get cold by the time I get to work. Yeah, I don't like that kind of heat that hits you like slaps you. In the yeah, face and then you can't open your window either because it's like, oh, I'm just gonna get all this hot air in my face. Like that's yeah. great. That's what I want. We don't have air conditioning in our very old house. Oh and man, it's, that's. A- there's like a couple we have one window unit in our mm-hmm. guest room so there was like a week last summer that just all of us slept in the guest room do you have a basement yeah i went and i i came home to eat lunch one day thinking that it would be cool enough in the house and i was so hot that i just went and sat on a stool in the basement and ate my sandwich because <laughs> it was <laughs> oppressive we might invest in a house fan this year yeah i would i would suggest that 100% yeah. Being comfortable 
is great. You know, it's 2019. <laughs> we did all this. We, we moved inside. We have all this fancy stuff. We should take advantage of we're it. We're out of like, the water. We're <laughs> out of the water. We're out of the woods. Like, we, we are modern. You know, we're modern. We're postmodern even. Like, I don't know. I just couldn't imagine not having air conditioner when it was, like, 90. It'd be like, well, I'm going to the movies, I think. We go to Splash Pad. Splash Pad's at, nice. Yeah. We do have a Splash Pad where, I'm, where I live, so that's nice. But the Splash Pad's only for kids, though, so I, mean, I can't really go there. Yeah, bring a kid. You can bring, <laughs> yeah. I can bring my kid, but I can't really go on there. They'll probably be like, hey, this is for kids. I'll be like, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's all exciting. I think I'm about done with the cold, though, especially this week. It just seemed, like, colder than normal. I think the wind... And all that, I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Done, and it's a slippery out, yeah. Yeah, but spring's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. It's only like a couple days from now. St. Patrick's Day is right around the corner. Yeah, we got super fun stuff at the library, and then summer will be super fun because the mm-hmm. summer reading theme is a universe of stories. It's the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, so. Yeah, there'll be a lot of cool stuff yeah. going on. We'll have some really nice programs for you guys in the summer as well. So keep an eye out for that newsletter that will drop. April, April 19th, maybe? 19th or so, so yeah. But we'll have a lot of exciting stuff going on then. Um, so do you have your music pick of the week? Do you want to tell us a little oh, yeah. bit about it? <laughs> um, well, I've been sick of winter, as you may have I just got, a, just got a, just got just a little bit, just a hunch. Um, and this old song came on the radio the other day, that song Groovin' by the Rascals. And... I haven't listened to it in a long time, but it just sounds so sunny, and it's just about walking around in sunshine and not having any plans for the day or calling BS on your plans for the day and um, just slacking off and walking around. And I remember that when I was little, one of the lines is, um, life could be ecstasy, you and me endlessly grooving, and I always thought it was in Leslie, and I was always like, who's Leslie? I want to hang out with Groove with Leslie in the sunshine. So that's my pick, The Rascals. I don't know what else they sang. I'll have to look into it. We could look. They might be a one-hit wonder. Yeah, but it could be. All right. So, well, thanks for listening in, and we wish Annie the best on her maternity leave. Yeah, I'll so see she, you guys in the late spring yeah, early so she'll, summer. She'll be at home taking care of child, and I will have a new host for the time being. So... It'll be interesting to get new perspective. Me and some other co-worker on staff will be doing the podcast for the next few weeks. So I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I think it will be too. Mm-hmm.